Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. In 1925, F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote a short story entitled The Rich Boy, and it opened as follows. Let me tell you about the very rich They're different from you and me. They possess and enjoy early, and it does something to them. Makes them soft where we are hard and cynical where we are trustful. In a way that, unless you were born rich, it is very difficult to understand. They think, deep in their hearts, that they are better than we are because we had to discover the compensations and refuges of life for ourselves. Even when they enter deep into our world or sink below us, They still think that they're better than we are. Darrell West is the author of a brand new book. It's called Billionaires, Reflections on the Upper Crust. Hey, Darrell, thank you for being here. Did F. Scott Fitzgerald nail it? He did nail it. Uh, I uh, wrote this book basically to talk about uh, billionaires and uh, the impact that they're having on American politics and American society. And as we uh, saw from uh, that quote, uh, they've been uh, very engaged recently in politics, and we need to be uh, taking a look at what they're doing. I always thought that was from The Great Gatsby, by the way. When I read it in your book, I I thought, geez, for all these years, I've, I've been misattributing it. 
Well, he did the short story before he did uh, that great novel, so I think he transferred uh, some of that uh, to uh, the novel. So who are the billionaires? Tell me about the demographics. Where do they live? Is it a U.S. phenomena? There are 1,600 billionaires around the world. About 500 uh, live in uh, the uh, United States. Uh, they are 90% uh, male uh, and 60% white. I'm looking at the appendix, and you say, uh, as you just pointed out, 492 in the United States, followed by China, then Russia, then Germany, and then Brazil. If you break them down by state, California has the, the, the largest number of billionaires at 111, then New York, then Texas, then Florida. I, I, pardon me, then, uh, yeah, then Texas, then Florida, then Illinois. But interesting, if, if you had asked me where do they most reside, I think I would have said New York. Uh, New York certainly has a lot of them, but it's interesting when you look internationally, China is minting more billionaires than any other uh, place around the world. And they're actually minting more female uh, billionaires. Females are having uh, greater opportunities in China than they are in most other places, including the United States. Do we have many? Do we have any billionaires female in the United States? Uh, there are a handful, uh, but uh, most of the billionaires do uh, tend to be uh, male. Uh, they're the ones who have the uh, great opportunities. I mean, I remember uh, the first billionaire I met was Ted Turner. I met him about 20 years ago, and he said something that really stayed with me. He said, the first million is the hardest. After that, everything gets easy. Once you have money, it's easy to make additional money. So having spent the time to research this book and, and having uh, covered Sheldon Adelson and Michael Bloomberg and Bill Gates, the Koch brothers, Murdoch, Soros, Tom Steyer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do you feel, Daryl, like you're in a position to answer the age old question of whether it's nature or nurture? Well, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the billionaires who I've met, I've met about uh, 20 of them uh, during the course of uh, doing the research uh, for this, and I'm impressed with them in the sense that they're very visionary, they're entrepreneurial, uh, they work hard. All of them had an idea that helped propel their fortune. But if you look at them, you can also see how tax policy has allowed them to keep their money, that many of them built their companies uh, through employees who were educated at public universities. They took advantage of the public infrastructure uh, that was there. So one of the requests I make in the book is that billionaires should remember their roots. Two-thirds of them are self-made, and it's important to maintain economic opportunity for the next generation of people so that when those individuals come up with good ideas, they have the same opportunity to generate wealth that the past billionaires have had. I was thinking as I read the book, it doesn't seem like there are idiot offspring in this group. You can inherit a lot of money, and you can be a multimillionaire, but to truly get to this level, it seems to me you really need to have initiative and talent of your own, not just that which came from your, your parents' investments or business ideas. That absolutely is the, the case. I have one chapter where I talk about how uh, some of these billionaires uh, made their uh, money. And in talking with them and in uh, kind of studying how they did it, Almost all of them had some idea that really propelled the fortune. Like Phil Knight of Nike is a great example of this. In the 1960s, he'd come out of college. He'd been a, a track star. He couldn't find good running shoes. He took this trip to Japan, was complaining about this, and someone said, oh, there's this factory over there. They make really great running shoes. So he went over, was able to introduce himself, and eventually was able to get a contract to import those uh, shoes into the western part of the United States, that propelled his fortune. 
You, you also, and please give us the short version here. You tell the story similarly of Bill Gates and Paul Allen. It's the Christmas break of 1974. What happened at Harvard? Basically, they're just spending a few weeks coming up with a software package uh, that would enable some of the new computers that were emerging then uh, to operate efficiently. And so they took advantage of free time on a U.S. Defense uh, Department uh, computer uh, that was at Harvard. Uh, Bill Gates was a student there, so he did it uh, legally. Paul Allen was actually not a student at Harvard, uh, but... uh, uh, Bill Gates gave him access to his uh, code, uh, and uh, the two of them were able to write this program that uh, ended up being very successful. And, and by the end of break, they've got a deal with Altair, right? Yes. Uh, and so that was their first real uh, contract, and then out of that uh, came you know, many of the other uh, programs that revolutionized uh, the world of computing. And Gates doesn't go back. Uh, Gates does not go back. Uh, he drops out. It's actually interesting how many of uh, these billionaires did not uh, complete uh, college. Ted, Kerner, Ted Turner got kicked out of uh, Brown University. Uh, Bill Gates uh, dropped out. Mark Zuckerberg uh, dropped out. So a lot of them kind of had an idea, wanted to pursue uh, that idea, and uh, did it uh, even uh, uh, though they didn't want to finish college. And, and you know what it makes me wonder? And by the way, this is Daryl West, and the book is called Billionaires. And I should say that, that Daryl is the author. Is this book number 19 or 20 for you? 20. 20. Holy smokes. Good for you, man. That's really great. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander, with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 
at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. This is Daryl West and the book is called Billionaires. Um, But I wonder how many hear those stories, how many young people hear the stories of Zuckerberg and Gates and Turner and they too end up dropping out. But of course, they don't end up with that level of success and it becomes a big mistake. Well, Peter Thiel, who's a libertarian billionaire, is paying some people $100,000 a year to drop out of college, like if they have an idea and want to pursue. Many of his fellow billionaires have been highly critical of him for this, uh, with the very rationale that you just gave, that most of these people are not going to end up becoming billionaires, and they're going to end up not having the college uh, degree that will help them uh, the rest of their life. Daryl, why has there been such proportionate growth among the very wealthiest around us? Why has there been this separation? And maybe I'm asking a question that's more complicated than your book, but but why have we seen the divide grow so exponentially? Well, capital and investments are growing at a much more rapid pace than wages. You know, anybody who's looked at wage growth over the last 30 years sees the middle class has been suffering. Uh, wages have been uh, stagnant. But if you have assets uh, and uh, are I- investing in real estate or the stock market or other types of things, your assets may be growing 10 or 15 percent a year. So, for example, the Koch brothers, between the two of them, have $84 billion dollars. And so, you know, they spent $290 million in this campaign. That's pocket change uh, for them, given the rate of capital appreciation that their wealth is growing. You make the argument in the book that the wealthy, the very wealthy, tend to be proportionately more involved politically than any other segment of society. But with wealth doesn't necessarily come political success. And I'm thinking about your discussion of 2012. You had, in fact, I've got it in front of me. Individuals such as Charles and David Koch spent well over $100 million on a variety of conservative causes. Casino magnate Sheldon Adelson spent $93 million opposing Obama. Karl Rove Super PAC devoted $300 million to unseat Obama. But in the end, they couldn't stop the re-election to the president. Uh, they All these conservative billionaires spent a lot in 2012 and failed, but they're smart business people. So what they have done 
over the last two years is basically go back and analyze their own failure and try and learn from the mistakes. And so if you look at 2014, where they were much more uh, successful, uh, in, especially in those uh, key uh, Senate races, they retooled their message. They decided they were not communicating the right way. This, way. this time they ran ads with ordinary people sitting around the kitchen table talking about Obamacare and the problems that it was creating for them. So as opposed to just giving a dry analytical argument about big government and high debt levels, they decided to personalize their message in 2014. So they were much more successful this time around. And of course, in 2016, they're hoping to get the big prize of the presidency. Is there parity between conservative and liberal billionaires? The perception seems to be that that the billionaires who donate politically tend to be more conservative. But of course, there there is a George Soros. There are others out there. In the end, does it even itself out or not really? I mean, there certainly are liberal billionaires, Soros, uh, Michael Bloomberg, Tom Steyer was a climate change uh, activist uh, this year who spent a lot. But if you go back to 2012 and look at the contributions to the super PACs, which was the way a lot of the big money came into politics uh, that year, 80% of the money came in on the Republican side. So there are many more billionaires who are conservative. They are the ones who are putting uh, really uh, big money into the process. And this year, they had a huge success in terms of getting control of the Senate back. The most interesting table of information in the book comes early on, views of the wealthy and the general public. And you break down a, a variety, or, or I, I guess this comes from uh, Page and Bartles, but it, 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 it answers six different questions and compares the general public to the wealthy. Here's one that jumps off the page. Government should spend what is necessary to ensure that all children have good public schools. 87% of the general public agree with that statement. Only 35% of the very wealthy, the top 1%. You can look at a variety of different public policy issues, and the people with a lot of money are invariably much more conservative than the general public. They're less willing for the government to play a role in the economy. They want less regulation. They're less willing to fund education and health care. And so, you know, if we had an even distribution of liberal, moderate, conservative, and libertarian billionaires, it wouldn't be, you know, all the big money coming into the process would not be such a big problem. But since uh, the money is skewed, to the right, and uh, many of the more active billionaires have views that are much more conservative than the general public. It really is altering the nature of our process. And so that's what worries me, and that's what led me to write this book. Government should provide jobs for everyone willing to work who can't find a private sector job. 53% of the general public says, I agree with that. Only 8% of the 1% agree with that statement. And you know, the thing that struck me in thinking about the political views of billionaires is, you know, two-thirds of these individuals are self-made. Uh, many of them started out with a working-class background or uh, just a middle-class uh, uh, background and made their money through initiative and hard work. But yet, many of them are not willing to invest in the very education programs that are going to provide opportunities for the next generations of Americans to have these uh, good ideas. But so, why, why would they, Daryl, why would they say that's the case? If you were to ask them, well, wait a minute, why are you only 35% in agreement with the statement that government has to spend what's necessary to ensure a good education? Would they say, well, it's not the government's responsibility? They would say it's not the government's responsibility, but also the one thing that many liberal and conservative billionaires agree on is not wanting to pay higher taxes. And so even if they support 
you know, educational opportunity, which many of them do, they're not willing to fund it through a government. They don't think government is doing a, a good job. And so my concern is that this is limiting the opportunity. I mean, I grew up on a dairy farm in Ohio. I've had amazing opportunities in my life, but I worry that the next generation won't have those same opportunities. I thought the book was terrific, and I, I should point out that Daryl West is the Vice President of Governance Studies and Director of the Center for Technology Innovation at Brookings Institution. This is his 20th book, and it's called Billionaires, Reflections on the Upper Crust. I wish you good luck with it, and I thank you so much for having been here. Thank you, Michael. That is Daryl West. Allow me to just run through some of the polling information, the 1% versus everybody else. Let's see if you can explain this to me. In fact, let's begin with that first statement. Government should spend what is necessary to ensure that all children have good public schools. Ask that question of the general public and 87%, nearly 9 out of 10, say, I agree with that. Government should spend what's necessary to ensure that all children have a good public schooling. If you ask the 1%, let's call it a third, are in agreement with that statement. And no more than that. How about this one? Government should provide jobs for everyone willing to. Now, is this because the the wealthy are being selfish? They don't want to have to spend for those public schools. Or are they reflecting on their own successful background and saying, look, I know how I got where I am and this is not the way to do it. Government should provide jobs for everyone willing to work who can't find a private sector job. 53% of the general public agree with that. Government ought to provide a job. For anybody who's willing, you ask the 1%, only 8%. I I assume it's people saying, well, A, I don't want to have to pay for it. I'm the one who's going to get soaked because I am wealthy. Or B, and maybe it's a combination. Maybe it's, you know, nobody ever gave me a job. The way to get ahead in this country is not to rely on government. It's it's to go learn to fish, right? Let me see if there's one more that I can uh, hit you with. Government should provide a decent standard of living for the unemployed. 50% of the general pub- population agree with that statement. You ask the 1%, only 23% agree that government should provide a decent standard of living for the unemployed. It's the same issue, I imagine. If I, if I had a very wealthy person that I could ask of this question, I think that they would probably say either, if they're being honest, I don't want to pay for it. It's all going to get laid off on, on people like me. Or, or in addition, they would say, it's not government that's going to raise your standard of living when you're unemployed. Go get a job. Be an entrepreneur. That's how you'll get closer to where I am in life. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.